Thank you very much. Uh, I had to take down my president tree yesterday, uh, so it's all packed up again. Welcome to the uh, program. Losing your hair kind of sucks. Going to the doctor sucks more. I mean, hello. Well, no, going to the doctor sucks more today. Losing your hair over time sucks more. But you're in this place where you're like, I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't have time. I don't want to waste time. So here's the thing. Go to K-E-E-P-S dot com. Keeps dot com. Add slash save to the end of it. And you're going to save 50% off of your uh, off of your first order uh, that is going to be shipped discreetly to your door. Like people are going to like, he's taking hair pills. Uh, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. All you do is take a couple of pics of your hair uh, and your head. You send it in. A doctor looks at it, gives you a prescription for the the right drug for you, and you're on your way. 50% off right now. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. Keeps dot com slash save. All right. Start the show in just a couple of minutes. Stand by. Hello, America. I don't know if you know this, um, but Michael Bloomberg is running, and it's a good thing because if you, you know, you work as a mechanic, you're a metal worker, God forbid you're a farmer, you just are not smart enough to be able to conduct daily business. We begin with Michael Bloomberg, His Royal Highness, in one minute. There was a time when men built castles. Well, most men built castles, but they didn't get to live in one. But the king put up high fortified walls made of thick stone, surrounded those walls with a deep impassable moat that only had a drawbridge that, you know, could run across them. And they put murder holes in the sides of the wall. That's what they're actually called, murder holes. So you could shoot arrows at anyone getting too close to you with bad intentions. You know why? Because the idea of breaking into somebody's house, taking their crap, is as old as civilization. Fortunately, in our modern uh, uh, tech era, you don't need a castle. You don't need a murder hole. Can you imagine having that? What's that? What, what's that? Uh, what's that window for? Oh, that's a murder hole. Oh, okay. Simply safe, state-of-the-art system, twenty-four hour round-the-clock monitoring is not only easy to set up; they can set it up for you if you'd like. But it's also affordable. For fifty cents a day, you can have the peace of mind that comes from having your best security system out there protecting you and your family. 50 cents a day. You own the system. There's no contract, so if you don't want to have the monitor, you don't have to. Go to simplysafebeck.com, get a free Simply Safe security camera, normally $100. Order today and you'll get it free. It will help you capture the crucial evidence for the police. And if you're monitored, when that alarm goes off, Simply Safe checks it, calls the police, and they arrive at your house on average 350% faster. It's simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. We have uh, 
It's not Michael Bloomberg on the phone, is it? Who, who do we have on the phone? Hello? 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 Are you, I can't understand you. You sound like you're speaking in the wrong end of the phone. Hi, Mr. Beck. Yes. Hi. Hi. I was talking on the wrong side phone. Okay. All right. Well, that I do that happens. about half the time. You do that about half the time. Someone dialed the phone for me. I dialed seven, and it never, you never answered when I dialed seven. Right. Well, I, that's not my phone number, seven. And uh, I wanted to talk to you. I'm a farmer. You're a farmer. Mm-hmm. I'm a farmer. You're a farmer. Okay. You know, I just put seeds in the ground. Yeah. I cover it in dirt. Yeah. Put some water on All right. and the corn comes up. <laughs> That's, that's what I do. That's what you do. Now, that's what Michael Bloomberg says, that it's all required. He could teach anyone to be a farmer. And I, so I first started farming a while ago. been doing it for a long time. Uh-huh. Last week, I learned how to put on my own shoes. <laughs> you put your own shoes on, so too. So I learned how to farm first. You fart what? I learned how to farm first. Okay, before you learn how to put then your I shoes on. Because the shoe part was harder. Right. Than farming because right. farming. How any give me? Can you give? Can do it. Right? Can you give me the process again? According to Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, you put seed in the ground. Put a seed in the ground. Put dirt on top. Put dirt on top. Put water on top of that. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the corn popping up. Okay, so now yeah. what does the water do? One, one thing I want to warn yeah. you about, though, right. if you try this at home, mm-hmm. the the corn when it pops up can't just eat it. Can't eat it. No, there's leaf, there's leaf wrappers on it. Leaf wrappers there's, on yeah, it. Yeah, there's wrappers that are leaves. Okay. You're not supposed to eat the leaf wrappers. Okay. All right. I will also say that in the middle of the leaf wrappers mm-hmm. happened to be a, a corn core. <laughs> corn core. Very too crunchy to eat. All right. So the corn is between the leaf wrapper and the core. Right. Eat that part. Okay. And when you get that part, can you can you put the water on Remember when I said you put water on top? Yes, yes, yes. You put the water on top to make the corn, and then you cook the corn in the water, too. <laughs> put the corn on the top. Really? Put the water on top of the corn. So the corn I, comes I'm up, a little lost here. Take so the leaf wrappers off, put it in water, and that cooks the corn. Wow. It's, How- it's called farming. Right. How long had it, did it take you to learn that scientific process? Three seconds. Three, three seconds. Yeah, I was I was four years old. Mm. My mama told me, "Hey, put put the dirt on there on the seed. Ah, uh-huh. put the water on top, and the corn pop out." Okay. All and right. I've been doing that forever. And then the, just Sorry. just the other day, mm. I was able to take my first shower. Your first shower. Yeah, I didn't learn how to shower till yesterday. Really? Yes. Now, are you glad that Michael Bloomberg's around? Oh, I'm going to be voting for Michael Bloomberg for sure. <laughs> All the farmers. he understands. Are... You see, there's a big separation you need to understand. Right. What's the separation? There's dumb people like me who are farming. All right. And what do we do? You know, we, sure, we feed people all around the world and... And, and keep people nourished with healthy produce that's shipped all across the world and increase our crop yields to uh, levels <laughs> never before seen using GPS and tractors that are wow. are actually, Use. it's incredible what yeah. we do. <laughs> but it's not as good as is like what he does, 
which is getting stock prices to people. Right. Right. That's pretty impressive. And, you know, the information tech... Techno- tech technology? Tech, technology. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive because how else you going to share those cat videos? Right. If you got a video of a cat doing something cute, well, that's just going to stay in your house if it wasn't for people like Michael Bloomberg. Right. Okay. Now, all right. sure, I can ship thousands of varieties of produce all around the world with a global ship, uh, supply chain that you know, certainly would be impressive to anyone um, who knew anything about it. But, I mean, he's helping those cat videos get out there. <laughs> right. Which is pretty damn impressive, too. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure you have some seeds to put in a hole. I, I, you know what I've been doing? What? I put the seeds in the hole, mm-hmm. and I put the dirt on top, mm-hmm. put the water on top of that, and the corn pop out. Mm. And just yesterday, I learned that the underwear is supposed to go inside the pants. <laughs> I've been wearing them outside for 40 years. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just a, yet another farmer from the middle of the country voting for Michael Bloomberg, uh, which I think is uh, which I think is. I mean, it still makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, all the farmers, all the all the metal workers. He say he he said all metal workers. You just put a piece of metal in the lathe, and you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you've got a job. Yeah, you got to have the arrow though. That's important, right? You got to know because they, they wouldn't be able to figure out which way to turn turn it unless no. the arrow was no, there. No, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I I don't think that there's. He's not talking down to metal workers no. or, to farmers. or to farmers. Yeah. I, and I want to give you, in case you didn't hear, this is the actual quote. Do we have the audio of him saying this? I think we do. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. You dig Anybody, a hole and put a sit in. Listen. in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, <laughs> you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. 1.98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture. Today, it's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different mm. because it's built around replacing people with technology. Dirt. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. Ah. And that is a whole degree level different. Can we get that farmer back on the phone? You have to have a different skill (laughs) set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. Because you have to have more gray matter. Because you don't think or analyze if you're a farmer or a metal worker. Incredible that he believes that. That is incredible. You know, it's you think I could not get something to grow out of the ground if you paid me ten thousand dollars. You know how hard it is. <laughs> how much you have to know about? It's not like you put some dirt on it. You know how much you have to know about the dirt? I don't. No, yeah, I have no, no idea. I don't, you know I don't either. Because I, I go to a store and it's all there. <laughs> right. That's why. Right. And that's not because of me. It's because of farmers. Right. It's because of farmers, and it's because yeah, of farmers capitalism. Be, they can be replaced. You know, you know what this is? You know what this is? This is the exact opposite of a Marxist revolution. M- the Marxists used to say, you know, all the bourgeoisie, all the shop owners, all the intellectuals, you know, they're the ones that are getting us into trouble. 
So they went and they killed anybody with a skill in a shop. They did it to the farmers, too. But they really started with the shop owners, the, the bourgeoisie, the, the, the capitalists that had a skill. Have you ever seen a I collect watches? Anybody seen a Russian watch before? You ever see ever see anybody go, ooh, wow. Wow, that's a great watch. Where was that made? Ooh, the former Soviet Union. Still, today, nothing good watchmaking. Nothing comes comes out of Russia that's any good. Why? Because during the revolution, they killed all the watchmakers. They killed them all. They couldn't keep time. They had to learn it all from the start because what they did, and they did this with farmers too. Oh, you know what? Who wants land? Who wants land? Who wants to be a farmer? Well, I'll be a farmer. How's it work? You just put you just put a hole in the ground, put a seed in it, throw some dirt on it, pour some water, and up comes the corn. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, well, the farmers aren't producing enough. Now, you know nothing about it except everything you need to know, right? Yeah, I put a hole, and then I put a seed, and I put dirt, and then I put water. <laughs> yes, that's all you need to know. You can do better than they can, right? Sure I can. Is there dirt and a seed and water there? Yep. Okay, I'll do it. They killed all the farmers. They just replaced them with other people who had never had any farming experience. You know what happened? People starved to death, and they couldn't write down what time it was when the person died because they didn't have any watches or clocks either. This is incredible. This is the elitist mentality that every socialist always has. They always, we can do it better. We just do it from top down. You know, now technology, yeah, technology, you have to analyze things. When it comes to what's wrong with the crops, you don't have to analyze anything. Did you put? Dirt on top of the seed? Yeah, I did, Pa. Did you put water on it? (laughs) I did, Pa. Well, there ain't any corn coming up. You skipped either step one or step two. This is so insulting. How much more is this country going to take? Seriously, how many... How? Let me rephrase that. How much more are the Democrats going to take? And I don't mean the Democrats in the big cities or especially the Democrats, the ones who are sitting there in their think tanks that are all about the Democratic Party. I mean the average person that votes for a Democrat. How much more are you going to take? How much more are you going to take before you realize uh, I'm in bed with a devil? In fact, you know what? I actually have a story that will prove to you you're actually in bed with the devil. I'll do that next. I didn't think I could ever. I thought that was always just a phrase. No, it's a news story today. All right. Kids these days with their technological MP4s and their rap music and their marijuana cigarettes. When I was their age, I was walking to school in 10 feet of snow. That's right, in Seattle, it never snowed there. It was rain. 
but we pretended it was snow. We almost drown every day. Now, if you're saying this in your sleep, be advised that these are geezer dreams, not to be confused with Giza dreams. Okay, Giza, amazing Egyptian cotton sheet set that's available at my pillow. Geezer could be available at your house now. I, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you something else. We had burlap sheets when I was a kid. My pillow products are remarkable, and right now the Giza Dream Sheets buy one, get one free. Well, you didn't even have to buy it. We bought our chicken feed, and we ripped those bags open carefully, and then we spread them out like sheets. Giza cotton, best in the world. Durable, soft, and it gets softer every time you sleep on it. With Giza Dream Sheets, you're going to feel the luxury and comfort literally from head to toe. My pillow. My pillow is where you get them. Go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and buy one pair of Giza Dream Sheets and get one free. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800 966 3117. 800 966 3117. Get the great radio specials now at mypillow.com. Promo code BECK. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. You sure, son, you put the dirt on it and the water? Yeah. There's only three steps. There's also uh, some other uh, some other things that uh, he has said recently that I think are... Really good. Are really good. I mean, he's also going to do well with the uh, with the geezer set. Bloomberg explaining how health care will bankrupt us unless we start to deny care to the elderly. Quote, if you show up with cancer and you're 95, we should say there's no cure. We can't do anything. You want to hear it? Here it is. All of these costs keep going up. Nobody wants to pay any more money. And at the rate we're going, health care is going to bankrupt us. So not only do we have a problem, it's going to bankrupt us. And we've got to sit here and say which things we're going to do and which things we're not. Nobody wants to do that. You know, if you show up with prostate cancer and you're 95 years old, we should say, go and enjoy. Have a nice day. Lead a long life. Yeah. There's no cure. And you can't do it. If you're a young person, we should do something about it. Society's not willing to do that yet. Yet, yet. We're not willing to do that yet. Oh, that is fantastic. You know, that sounds like um, healthcare rationing. Uh, oh, death panels. <laughs> That's never going to happen. That's a conspiracy theory. The lie of the year, I believe. This is lie of the year. Yeah. This is what we said when we were at Fox, when they were first talking about it. Look, it all comes down to supply and demand. If you don't have a capitalist system and you have somebody making all of the decisions, well, instead of the almighty dollar making the decision, you have someone else making the decision, and that's a government official. So right now, a 95-year-old guy could get health care if he had money. If he didn't have money, he wouldn't get the cancer treatment. Instead, all 95-year-olds couldn't get the cancer treatment because some faceless guy is telling you that grandpa is not going to make it. 
Now, if grandpa happened to be, um, you know, a party leader, if grandpa had to be well, is well connected, well, then grandpa will get the cancer treatment. Is that fair? Is that justice? I will say, too, obviously, the person who's 95 years old today does get the treatment. We should point out that only in Bloomberg's world he's wishing for, they do not get the treatment, which is an amazing thing because they want to implement universal health care so that they cannot, they can okay. avoid giving treatment to 95 year olds. I can't take it anymore. Could I just please say just one thing on universal health care? I think so, yeah. What are... I, are you asked permission? So yes, of course you can. What? What are we even talking about this for? This is not mm. 2010. It's not 2000. It's not 1980. It's not 1950. What are we doing? Technology is about to change the world forever. Healthcare is going to be universal. Universal just through technology. I know you don't believe this now, but you're not going to want a flesh and blood doctor by 2030. You have flesh and blood doctor, 2030. You were going to have a doctor and he'd be like, uh, yeah, well, I, let me tell you something. <laughs> I used to be a farmer, but now I'm a doctor. <laughs> and you'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you say that that checked out. What did the, what did the AI say? AI is already better in, I think, cancer in New York um, than doctors at analyzing. They're catching things that doctors don't catch. <laughs> and, you know, what's weird is they also, computers don't catch things that doctors do, like coronavirus. You are going to have a an analyst, a doctor, be able to examine you without a real person connected from Amazon or Google by 2030. Most of these things are going to be taken care of. If you wear your Apple Watch, which health insurance is going to insist you do, you're going to have um, an understanding of what's happening to your body long before. Why are we trying to put this 1859 system into something that is going to completely change by 2030? It is the most ridiculous we're building ourselves a prison. We're building a trap. What do you say we embrace the future? Because it's right around the corner. More in a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. The choices we make and the things we spend our money on have consequences, and some of them are intended. Some of them aren't. Many of the reasons I, I'm for lower taxes is because I, like, I dislike what government does, and I don't want to give them more than is absolutely necessary. Well, you can't always control where your money is going, but when you can, you should. Right now, you can stop donating to Planned Parenthood. Oh, you didn't know you were? Yeah, what phone carrier are you using? Because most of them are giving to Planned Parenthood and to organizations against the Second Amendment. Patriot Mobile is not. Patriot Mobile, look, there's only four real cell tower companies, and they're all on the same. Everybody's on the same thing. So you can get the same great coverage and plans that start at $25. You'll get the same great service with Patriot Mobile as you would with others. Stop sending your money to companies who are betraying that 
by standing for things you're against. Can you hear me now, big carriers? Switch now to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Let them hear your voice. Tonight on Stu Does America, we go into one of those memes you see on Facebook all the time about socialism that all your friends post. Ugh, so annoying. Go to StuDoesAmerica.com to subscribe. Hello, welcome to the uh, program, the Glenn Beck program with Mr. Pat Gray. Yes. Earlier I said, Pat, mm-hmm. that the when is it that the the Democrats are going to wake up and realize they're in bed with the devil? Let me give you a story where this is actually now happening. A Tennessee pro-life advocate has numerous pro-abortion activists on video ganging up and harassing her in front of an abortion clinic. The Bristol Regional Women's Center and her assailants go so far as to allegedly touch and grab parts of her body and even lick her. Do we have this? Do we have this edited? Sarah, go ahead and play this. Get away from me. Quit yelling at patients. Get away from me. Quit yelling at patients. Stop touching me. Quit yelling at patients. Get away from me, Alethea. Yelling at patients. Get away from me. Quit yelling at patients. Back off. Suck my Get away from me. Suck off. Get away from me. I do not want you in my face. Oh, it doesn't matter what you want. Get away from me. Get away from me. Stop it. Get away from me. Get your umbrella out of my face. Stop it. Alethea, stop stop pushing me. Stop it. Oh, see, groping. Groping. Stop pushing me. She's groping. Get away from me. Hey, you put your hands away from me. I I don't want your body on my body. I've never touched. You're touching me right now. Get away from there. You came and stood next. You get away. I don't want you touching me. Get away from me. Oh, yeah? Get away from me. It is. Somebody oh, tries you. to pick it up, and they they chase them away. They're just harassing this woman. They're wearing red banner, red vest that say pro-choice. Um, it turns out uh, some are Satanists. You know. Oh, nice. And the things that they're saying to this woman uh, that we couldn't hear are just horrifying. Just truly horrifying. When are you going to wake up? Average Democrats, when are you going to wake up? What is it going to take before you realize you're in bed with the devil? You are in bed with the devil. You are in bed with, with truly frightening individuals. You, Bloomberg is suggesting basically uh, what uh, George Bernard Shaw did. Let me play George Bernard Shaw. I don't want to punish anybody, but there are an extraordinary number of people whom I want to kill. I think it would be a good thing to uh, make everybody come before a properly appointed board, just as he might come before the income tax commissioners, and say every five years or every seven years, just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then uh, clearly uh, 
We cannot use the big organization of our society uh, for the purpose of keeping you alive because your life does not benefit us and it can't be of very much use to yourself. That guy was celebrated. Celebrate. He still is celebrated. Yeah, he He's is. still celebrated. Yeah. And that grows more chilling every year. Yeah. Every wow. year that passes, that grows more chilling because we are moving mm. in that direction again. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who came up with, there's got to be some sort of a mechanism, uh, some sort of a, a chamber we could put in, and a, uh, a odorless gas could be uh, administered to those people that we no longer need to use. Yeah, he wanted to kill people. He, he just wanted, but he wanted to do it painlessly. Of course. Yeah, come on. We're going to do it a little, humanely. A little gas chamber never hurt anybody. Ah. You don't even know it. You just go to sleep and then you're you're dead. Yeah, yeah. You stay asleep. I mean, that that is, when are you going to wake up, Democrats? When are you going to wake up and see the path that you're on? I mean, I really feel like. I really feel like we're reading the Bible. Reading the newspapers like reading the Bible. You're like, wait. Yeah. Don't they remember just 40 years ago, 70 years ago, 80 years ago, 150 years ago, we did this, this, and this. And remember what happened? Uh, I mean, wait. They don't connect. They never connect the dots. Never connect the dots. Never connect the dots. And that's why the same things repeat. Yeah. Um, and that's, what, that's, why, that's why never forget has been so bastardized. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's, it's a joke. When you've got uh, Bloomberg, it w- we'll see tomorrow how f- how how stunned they were by a guy who is so elitist that he called farmers essentially morons, <laughs> right? I mean, we heard from a pretty smart one earlier. I thought the uh, farmer, yeah, the yeah. farmer. I thought P- was pretty intelligent. Yeah, oh, he was good. Well, he knew the four step plan. Yeah, he did. He you did. Know, and most farmers put a seed in the ground, that. cover with dirt. Put water on it, and yeah. then the corn pops out. Mm-hmm. What I done was I forgot the process. What I done was was I put the dirt in the hole first, <laughs> and then I took the seed and I ate it. Uh-huh. I ate the seed, and then nothing growed. And I'm like, where's my corn? That's uh, funny, Bill, because uh, I did the process, except I put the corn in the hole with water. Then what happened? No dirt no growed. Dirt grow. No dirt growed. <laughs> That's Incredible. a complicated process. I can't keep track of it. I can't. I just can't do you it. You know, if it was that easy, Michael, if it was sur- truly that easy. Oh, there'd be no starvation There'd be planet. no starvation. None. Yeah. None. It's a little more complex than that. And I can't wait to see if Democrats call him out for that tomorrow. I, I think they will think they're they just because they're trying to win. Yeah. Though I right. will say they don't care and they agree with him on all of it. Yeah. I was thinking I was thinking about this because there's a new poll out today um, that has Michael Bloomberg at 19. I saw that percent. 31 for Sanders, 19 for Bloomberg. Second place for Bloomberg. Yeah. I think I kind of want Bloomberg to be their nominee, mainly because I want to hear them justify why it's OK for them to support a billionaire who's buying the election. <sighs> Yeah, I want to hear them argue with right. all of their points for six months. I just want that to would hear be them do it because it's Guys, I, I, everything they've said they believe in. They're going to have to disagree with to to, to support this guy. Yeah. And I want to just bask in it every day. So here's the problem. Tomorrow I have the special on coronavirus. Yeah. A little hair raising. A little hair 
fundraising? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Everything's going to turn out okay? Is that the... Everything's going to be great. <laughs> okay, that's the is summary. that the conclusion? Everything's going to yeah, be Yeah, I'm great. sure that's what it is. Yeah, everything's going to be we great. We expect you to go back to zero really soon. Yeah. Really super soon. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Anyway, um, uh, as I'm doing this, uh, we have not added into, and I, I said we have to at least add a couple of paragraphs to the economic impact of the coronavirus. If the coronavirus just impacts Asia and China, already India is coming to a screeching halt. Aspirin is 400% more expensive in India today than it was three months ago. 400%. Aspirin? Aspirin. Is it aspirin cure corona? No, no, no. Analgesic. No, because Mm. India gets almost all of their drugs from China. Mm. And China's not producing. Their their uh, companies mm. were supposed to go online last week. Now it's this week. We still don't know. Uh, Apple had to downgrade their their first quarter expectations. Mm. Uh, they're saying that if this goes on for another month, and India, it's already on the on the downside of of the economy in India, really bad. If that really takes hold now in India, it could flip the entire world. Just the economic impact of this. Uh, don't be careful on what you wish for on anyone, because if this economy slides into the sinkhole by summer, remember, uh, Bear Stearns went out in June or July, mm-hmm. and we didn't really have the financial impact until October. October and September is when the financial crash really hit, and it was over for George Bush. This is one of those things that when you talk like this, and I, and I think all of this stuff is possible, right? It could be something that's totally out of the control of the president and everything else. It, if the economy crashes, you know, the American people are not going to be engaged enough to understand, I think, the difference. I mean, they're all like putting, you know, seeds in holes and then putting water on top and corn popping out. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> they don't know what's in it. Um, so uh, that's why I really am legitimately, I have a rooting interest that it's not Bernie Sanders as their nominee. Because God forbid it gets down to a one-on-one and something dramatic happens that's out of everybody's Bloomberg. control. Mm-hmm. Bloomberg. I He's going to say, uh, Sanders will say, yeah. this. we tried this system and, it, it's and it not failed. working. Right. It's not working. And then you have a socialist president. Again, Bloomberg is really, would be a horrifically awful president. But he's got but a he's lot of baggage. But he's different than Sanders, man. A lot of baggage. Yeah. And he's also, you know, they're all beatable. I mean, Sanders, I think, is maybe the most beatable. But Sanders, if he gets control of this country, is uniquely terrible. He is, mm-hmm. uh, he is uh, different than all of these other candidates. The only one who's really close... Close to him is probably Warren. I mean, Steyer's in that I game, think camp Warren, too, but doesn't really have I a think Warren and Bloomberg are closer. Warren and Bloomberg have a different, have a very similar view. Yeah, they're both intellectual, progressive, progressives yeah. that believe mm-hmm. that they should. They're more fascistic. I think Bloomberg is more friendly to capitalism. Yes, uh, than Warren is. The Warren again came from that background. I mean, she she really her her history is the exact stuff they talk about when they complain about capitalism. I mean, she was the one who was writing the rules. We talked about this with Peter Schweitzer on on the show the other day. You know, she was the one writing the rules for all of these outside organizations Mm -hmm. and then inviting them to come in and say, hey, you should write these rules. I mean, she was was doing all the things Mm -hmm. she complains about now. She Mm -hmm. knows them because she did Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where, you know, so, but she's also very close to a socialist. 
he really like Bernie's a different category though. This is no, a guy he's a communist. Who's lived it. He's, he's a lived communist, it and he wants it. Yeah, he wants communism. Yeah, because people say, "Oh, he's a democratic socialist." The democratic no, socialist. Well, that's what he's saying now. Yeah. He wasn't mm-hmm. saying that for the past fifty years. No, he said it without qualifiers for a really freaking long time. Yeah, until he got this close to the presidency, and all of a sudden he was a democratic socialist. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it was a little bit different, and mm-hmm. he praised Soviet communism yeah. uh, cuba Cuban communi- cuba communism. venezuela yes all, all of it yeah. he loves all it. of it yeah he will he is a communist he is a communist um because he is he has not met a communist regime that he didn't like mm-hmm. he finds fault in everything america and the free market does he does not find fault in communism it's just well that's not really communism that's not really socialism. That's what he says when millions die. Yeah. He, it, you're right. He is. Bloomberg, however, is much more of a fascist. Bloomberg is the guy who will, I mean, in the end, they both would. Uh, they'd have to if, if the things began to fall apart. But Bloomberg's the guy who will first come for your guns. He'll come for no, your... He's he, oh, openly and, yeah. talked about that. Guns He'll and the climate. Absolutely. He guns is and the climate, yeah. Absolute extremist and in on the, both of those and things. And in the name of the climate, he'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yeah. Thank you so much. Pack Ray Unleashed, available on YouTube. And, of course, wherever you get your podcasts, you should subscribe there, as well as Studios America. And, you know, I don't know, there's a little show called The Glenn Beck Program as well. All right, housing market in the Trump economy is so good, you can buy a home today that is $48,000 more expensive than a year ago, and you're still going to pay the same principal and interest. How's that possible? Well, it's not the housing prices going down. It's the mortgage interest rates going down. 16% increase in your buying power just because of a lower interest rate. If you've been thinking about buying a home, now may be the best time you could possibly do it. Uh, because it's affordable. Remember, what you buy, it's you know, buy what you should, not what you can. Uh, if you're already in a mortgage, it is possible you could refi and get a better interest rate. Maybe you consider you know consolidating some debt, start working yourself into a better financial position by saving up to a thousand dollars or more. This is where you need to call the mortgage consultants at American Financing. In 10 minutes, they'll do a mortgage review for you. They will help determine what the best course is. It's a small amount of time to spend on something that could have a profound effect on your life. So call them now. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. They have you covered coast to coast. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We have uh, Rudy Giuliani joining us in just a few minutes. I'm anxious to talk to him about, you know, uh, obviously what's been happening um, in the Senate with, you know, Hunter Biden and the president. But also, he knows Michael Bloomberg. Uh, Love to see what his uh, viewpoint. Hang on. Do we have the we have a farmer on again? 
No, use the other. Turn, turn, turn the phone around. Other side. Oh hi. Hi, you're speaking into the earpiece again. I press number seven, and I'm, I'm glad no, you're here. There's more numbers than that. I just wanted to tell you one more thing about farming that I left out from before. Okay. Right. There's a hole in the ground, mm-hmm. and the corn seed was put there for you and me. Mm-hmm. There's a hole in the ground where the corn seed goes. Somebody's no, making money. No, it's no, no, no. Why? No. <laughs> in <laughs> the ground where the corn seed goes, somebody's making money. Why would you do this? What? There's a hole in the ground <laughs> in the ground. There's a hole where the corn goes for you and me. No, I, okay, stop, stop, ground. stop. Hang up the phone. Oh, my gosh. Why would we do that when we have the Johnny Cash version of there's a hole in the sky? Mm, you know, all the good. farmers love this from, of course, the Seattle uh, City Council <laughs> meeting. People, do we, do we have us. it? People hate us hate for this song. This. I know. Here it is. Uh, oh. This is the country version. Hole in the sky. Tree once was. Such a lack of light and sound. All that's left is bare muddy ground. A magnificent tree was murdered. The mighty dollar cut it down. Oh, I hate that. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Uh, I wonder if you have the guts the to guts. get a comment from Rudy Giuliani on the hole in the sky where the tree should be. Will he comment on it? I don't think he will. I think he's afraid of the issue, to be frank with you. I'm not he's afraid running to ask from Are it. you calling me chicken? <laughs> McFly? McFly! Rudy Giuliani joins us next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. And the vast majority of time, they have no idea whether that alarm is real. Is it really a crime going on or not? And the alarm company can't tell them. All they say is, you know, a motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, however, is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350 times faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection, outdoor cameras, doorbells that alert you, anyone approaching your home, entry, motion, glass break sensors, 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals, and you can set up the system you own yourself. No tools needed. It's simply safe. It's 50 cents a day without a contract. SimplySafe.com slash Glenn. Go there today and get a free Simply Safe security camera, normally 100 bucks. Order today, you get it free. It'll help you capture that crucial evidence for the police, and you'll get 350% faster dispatch. It's SimplySafe.com slash Glenn. You know, dry dog food has to have a shelf life of two to three years. That, that means that they have to kill all of the bacteria and it kill everything. Uh, That's a side effect, and it's a bad side effect because they kill all the good stuff, probiotics, enzymes, vitamins, the healthy microbacteria, all of the things that your dog needs and it doesn't get from their food because it's dead food. I want you to try Rough Greens. 
Rough Greens is something that I started trying to f- feed Uno, and he is not only a different dog, he loves to eat now, but he is also healthier. There is He is different. He is always ready to play. He's, I mean, he's just, he's wagging his tail all the time now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. This is not dog food. This is a supplement. It has all of the live things in it that you need. And you just put it on, and I swear to you, it's like dog crack. He loves this stuff. Your dog's eating it too, right? Still? Oh, yeah. Miles is the, is a big fan. Like crazy for yeah. it. His, his, his little beard is all green on the time afterwards. <laughs> right. It's uh, slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Just try this. Your dog is going to love it, and you'll see a difference. 833 Glen 33 is the phone, phone number. 833 Glen 33. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, this is going to be quite an hour. The one, the only, Mr. Rudy Giuliani joins us in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, today's word of mouth really is the online review. Google, Amazon, Facebook. If you want to know how good a product is, you just look for the five-star reviews on one or all of these platforms. Which is why when I tell you about Shave Secret, the first thing you should do is go check out what people are saying about them online. You don't need expensive blades or creams or soaps or gels for a clean, close shave. All you really need is Shave Secret. Shave Secret is a proprietary blend of essential oils that dramatically reduces the nicks and the cuts and the ingrown hairs, even that pesky shaving rash. Just add three to five drops to a wet palm, massage it into the skin, and you're ready to shave. It works for both men and women, widely available. You can find it online at Amazon and ShaveSecret.com. Thousands of people agree. Shave Secret is the best shave out there, and they're reviewing it online. Check it out. Available regionally at HEB and Wegmans Grocery, also at Walmart, and available online at Amazon or ShaveSecret.com. If you go to ShaveSecret.com, use the promo code BECK on their website, and you'll get a 10% discount. It's ShaveSecret.com. Mr. Rudy Giuliani. Welcome to the program, sir. Are you there? Good to see you, Glenn. How are you? How are you? So glad. I'm that... good. I'm really good. Glad to have you uh, was... on the program. I was just interested in your shave secret because I shaved myself with a straight razor this morning and I cut myself. You use a straight razor? Yeah, I do it every couple of couple of days just to feel like Clint Eastwood. Yeah, <laughs> my grandfather used to use a sh- straight razor. I've always wanted my to use grandfather one was scared. a barber. Was he? Oh yeah, and you know he used to. Yeah. So I decided about a year ago I had to learn how to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me ask you this: You're in our New York studios, and I appreciate you coming in for the interview. Um, oh, I enjoy it. First, if we can, before we get into the uh, nitty gritty about Ukraine and Biden and Trump and everything else. Can you give us your uh, your thoughts on Bloomberg? You know Michael Bloomberg. Sure, I know Michael uh, really well. I mean, I, I uh, endorsed him for mayor. A lot of people think that got him elected because of a very unusual time. It was right yeah. after September 11. Right. He was way behind. And I was at probably at the height of 
popularity. It was like 90% approval at the point. At that point, uh-huh. uh, I kind of have an issue with him right now because of stop and, and uh, question and frisk, which he said he inherited. But he's not making a distinction that's really important. Uh, when I had stop, question, and frisk, which I developed with Bratton, Safer, and then, and then Bernie Carrick, uh, we were challenged by the Justice Department as well. And I went down and argued the case in front of Janet Reno and Eric Holder, huh. and I demonstrated to them that we were doing it constitutionally. But the difference was that we had very clear records that people were stopped for reasonable cause, our success rate was uh, acceptable. And the most important thing is, for example, the objection was that we were searching 68% African-American males, but they're only about 15% of the population. Well, the point that we made is they, they actually committed about uh, 70, 72% of the violent crime. So it was, in fact, uh, a, a valid, it was, in fact, a valid uh, <laughs> A number. I just threw away my, my cell phone. I, no, I, I'm watching. If you're watching on the blaze, you just saw him reach into his pocket, grab his cell phone, and throw and, it towards and, and the Billy door. Did, and, and Billy didn't catch it. Billy didn't catch it. Well, there goes another cell phone. didn't catch it, Billy. <laughs> but the, the reality is we showed that we, we kept it very well controlled it, uh, uh, based on Terry versus the United States. You're entitled to stop someone on reasonable suspicion mm-hmm. and ask them a question. And then if that develops any more suspicion of a crime, you can do a search. And if the search reveals a gun or narcotics or stolen jewelry, you can make an arrest. So you have to do this in stages. Even the mere fact that they called it stop and frisk showed they didn't understand it. Uh-huh. It's stop, according to the United States against Terry. It's stop, question, frisk. So here's the difference. Uh, my last year, we were a, li- a little under 100,000 stops. When he got it declared unconstitutional, he took it all the way up to 600,000 stops. Oh, jeez. That, and, and he had a 5% success rate. <laughs> 5% success rate. What is that, 550,000 people who get searched and they have nothing on them? Oh. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a difficult thing that he did. Uh, I agree with it because it is a good method for taking guns out of the community. But you've got to understand the Constitution if you're going to do it. You have yeah. to read the Terry case. You have to understand that it's a very technical thing that has to be done. And maybe his failure being a lawyer kind of hurt. I don't know. Um, let, let's, let's switch over to uh, uh, Trump and the impeachment and what's happened since. Um, I think people saw this impeachment for what it was, which I think was incredible. Just incredible. This is the most botched uh, case I've ever seen. Uh, I've, I've just never seen the American people show less interest in something. They knew almost from the outset uh, that this was just a bunch of garbage. Yeah, and it's, emer- it's emerging for me and has been for the last three or four months that this was, this was planned. This is not uh, just happenstance that, you know, they found a few things. This, this started to get planned somewhere in 2015, I can trace it back to a meeting in the White House in 2016 when uh, members of the Obama and Biden NSC met with Ukrainian officials. I have three witnesses to this, three Ukrainian witnesses under oath, willing to come to the United States and swear to this, that, uh, that U.S. officials told the Ukrainians to dig up dirt 
on Manafort in particular, mm-hmm. and then in side meetings on Trump and, and on Trump Jr., was followed up by telephone calls. One of the people involved is the suspected uh, whistleblower. If that's true, he'd be there at the beginning and the end. Yeah. In other words, he'd be there at the beginning of trying to stop Trump, kind of like Peter Strzok. Mm-hmm. I have a plan to prevent him, but if I can't prevent him, I have an insurance policy to take him out. I mean, this is not a way to relate to a presidency, to a candidacy. There's a sickness to this that gets very, very close to a conspiracy to bring about a coup that went on for two or three or four years, not just, you know, for a short period of time. So are you satisfied that something is being done to uh, to uh, make the people pay for, you know, the, this conspiracy? Because it really, it, well, I'll I mean, know the, that I'll know that I'll know that when it ends. I am I am uh, not a patient person. Yeah, I was never a long investigator. Investigators tend to take long because they're very precise and they want everything perfect. I, I mean, I did the commission case in two years. You know, the commission of the mafia. We did the seizure of the Teamsters in three years. We took over the entire union and tossed out the organized crime people and stra- straightened mm-hmm. it out. I, I like to investigate fast. I like to get it, get it done fast. I think evidence kind of shrivels up when you let it go too long. A lot of these modern prosecutors, you know, investigate forever. So I'm a little impatient with the, with the time that's gone by. I mean, let, let, let's, uh, let, let's look at um, let's look some, of the cr- some of the crimes here. There's a DNC official named uh, Alexandra Shalupa who uh, was giving information, was, ter- was getting information from Ukrainians and turning it over to American reporters. Well, that's the, that's the crime they were supposedly investigating mm-hmm. President Trump for that he didn't do. How, how come they're not investigating her? What, was she the Democrat, so she has immunity? It's, it's kind of ridiculous. And, and Joe Biden, you know, admitted a bribe on January, I've forgotten the date, 28th or 27th of uh, 2018. He said... I told that prosecutor, I told that president, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you don't get your $1 billion. That's the crime of bribery. Mm -hmm. There's also evidence that Ukrainians can come here and testify that he had an earlier bribe. Zloshevsky, who was the crook that hired Biden's son, basically the payments to Biden's son were a bribe to Joe Biden to get Joe Biden to protect the company. Because when Biden bribed the president of the Ukraine, he got him to dismiss three cases, not one. The case against the son, the case against the oligarch who had stolen $5 billion and now has that safe in his possession, and a case against a company that was going to be seized by the Ukrainian government that the uh, crook, the oligarch, the organized criminal, is now sitting in Ukraine fat and happy holding. So this is a very, very serious crime at the highest levels of government. And it's only because of our corrupt media that this thing is not going forward. And the fear that our prosecutors have that they're going to be they're going to be pilloried by the corrupt media, like what they're trying to do with Bill Barr right now. They're right. trying to intimidate him. Right. Um, Rudy, did you I don't know if you saw our last special last special I did, I think, two I weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it was excellent. About Kolomoisky. Mm-hmm. Um, and the. You know, looking at the document from Latvia and seeing the yes. money trail, and we know where that money went. We know that it went to Kolomoisky. Um, and so he's sitting there with 
a lot of this money. He then at the same time is made a governor uh, right where the <laughs> right where the war is happening with Russia. He's known as building military, the military uh, and buying all this stuff with his own money. He may have used his own money, but is there a chance that this was a uh, an illegal war that yeah. we didn't go through Congress? Is there a chance? Sure, there's, sure, there's a chance. And Kolomoisky, in the process, developed his own militia. Right. So he's a, he's a very frightening man. I mean, he's. I mean, so basically, you know, if you think of if you think of uh, uh, Ukraine. Think of Game of Thrones, if you've watched Game of Thrones, or think of medieval England before they had a king. Like 10 or 12 barons, the oligarchs, they are at war with each other and, and in alliances with each other all the time. Uh, not, all of them, not all of them are violent. Some of them are. I, 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 sh- I should say not all of them are crooked, but I'm not sure that's right. Right. He, and, uh, but he is... But some are more crooked than others. And, and Kolomoisky is frightening he's he's a tony soprano kind of character um, yeah he's, he tends to be more volatile and uh, out of control more violent but the, uh, the others do killing too i mean uh, for example uh, shokin who's the principal witness the man that 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 biden had fired uh in september october uh, got very ill brought to the hospital uh they had to bring him to austria and he was examined by the doctor who saved the life of uh, four people that Russians and Ukrainians have poisoned. And that doctor, who's world famous, has a, uh, gave me an affidavit saying he was poisoned with mercury and almost killed and lost, uh, uh, lost the use of a good deal of his kidney. And, 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 uh, and he probably is going to survive. But this uh, is the one Biden had fired. This is the one Biden had fired. All of a sudden, he gets poisoned with mercury. Two days after they raid President Poroshenko's home, the real fear in Ukraine, Glenn, and nobody here gets it because they're covering it up. The the corruption with our media could be as bad as Biden's corruption. The the real fear in Ukraine, the top of the top of the food chain here is Poroshenko. Poroshenko got maybe 100 million. He's the guy who built that huge palace. Uh, yes. For himself, right? It's now. I think it's. Yeah, he, st- he stole. He stole. He stole the Ukrainian people br- blind. Okay. He was a good friend of Biden's. That woman Yanukovych, who was against corruption, mm-hmm. she endorsed him for president. Everybody mm-hmm. knew he was the biggest crook in the country. Yeah. The Democrats are so phony. In fact, I have a report that I'm going to put out because I put them out one or two a week that says that without any doubt. During the Obama years, corruption in Ukraine increased dramatically. Well, how, how could it not have increased? Our vice president went there and committed corruption, right? Right. Okay. Well, his, his son's relationship was corruption. Right? Okay, hang on just a second. Rudy Giuliani is uh, with us in our New York studios uh, for the uh, blaze, and we're thrilled to have him. Uh, we've, I just want to go over some of the things that, are, that have, have happened from the horse's mouth and— Where's the progress on it? Uh, Rudy Giuliani. He's also going to talk about his new podcast coming up in just a second. Um, All right. Coronavirus. As if it's not scary enough. Good news. Researchers discovered the other day that hackers are now sending spam emails disguised as legitimate information about the coronavirus in hopes of infecting your smartphones and computers with malicious software. This is perfect. So 
it looks like you get an urgent message that you need to open. The next thing, your phone has the coronavirus. Sounds great. It's important to understand what cybercrime is doing to all of our lives. Identity theft is a serious issue. Somebody's identity is stolen every two seconds, and you might miss something if you're only monitoring your credit. That's why there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number, on sale on the dark web. If there's a problem, they have agents to work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BECK. Call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds, then back to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is uh, with us. His uh, podcast is Common Sense. And Rudy, I want to go back to something you just said a minute ago. You're 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 releasing these documents in dribs and drabs. Why are you choosing to do it that way? Well, I'm choosing to do it that way because I actually have released them before. One or two are new, but I released them starting in February and March of last year in the hope they'd be picked up by the FBI, the Justice Department. And maybe change the mind of the press that this was a real crime. Yeah. And all they did was uh, try to uh, destroy uh, J- uh, John Solomon, mm-hmm. who, who did nothing wrong other than to break a story that he should right. get the Pulitzer Prize for. I agree. And they've made him into some kind of scoundrel. He printed nothing untrue. There's nothing that I've said that's untrue and that isn't supported by evidence. Right. Uh, they say Shokin is corrupt. Shokin says the same thing Biden says. Right. Biden says, I forced the president to fire the prosecutor with the threat of money. That's bribery. Shokin says, he got me fired. Right. Right. The only dispute they have is Shokin can prove that he was investigating Biden and his son. And I now have the prosecutorial documents that show that all during that period of time, not only was Hunter Biden under investigation, Joe Biden was under investigation. What were they investigating? What were they investigating Joe for? They're investigating Joe, uh, number one, because there was a $900,000 payment that was denominated for lobbying Joe Biden. And they didn't know whether it was uh, laundered or not. They knew that the, the uh, $14.6 billion to Hunter was, was lobbied. And there was always a theory of the case that Zloshevsky, the crook, reached out to Joe Biden when Joe Biden became point man for the Ukraine and made a deal with him. You protect me if they try to take my business away and I'll give your son a no-show job. And that that was the real bribe. And there were witnesses to, to that. So uh, that he was under investigation to see if that were true. Rudy, uh, is there, is there, um, was there anything else beside just greed, in your opinion? I mean, I have a hard time thinking that all of these people were involved in covering up for Joe Biden and everything else just for greed. There had to be more to it to make people feel like they were doing their patriotic duty. Well, I mean, the, the, the Biden thing the Biden thing sounded strange to me at first when I heard it because I never thought of Joe as a crook until I looked at his history. Biden's been doing it for years, uh, Glenn. This is a pattern. 
I mean, point, point man means he gets named point man in Iraq. He fails to negotiate a status of forces with the Iraqi government. And his brother James makes all that money. Gets, uh, uh, he gets half a, a part of a, a $1.5 billion housing program. He knows nothing about housing. Mm-hmm. Makes maybe half a, half a bill. Half a billion dollars. The kid makes somewhere between, I don't even know how much. They think the Biden's got somewhere between eight and $20 million because they haven't been able to go through all of the laundered transactions yet. And the United States hasn't cooperated. And then the one in China becomes a point man. China becomes a, a partner in his private equity f- firm. How, how, how is it possible that we actually live through the son of the vice president being a partner with the government of China? And Biden did nothing about it. And not only that, but is the things he's Democrats can do on. anything. I know. And, and they can do anything. It, it is, uh, it's terrifying to me that, you know, we look at Google and say, what are they doing over in China? Here's Hunter Biden investing in Face++ <laughs> with Chinese money and making money off of the rounding up of their citizens and putting them in re-education camps. I could make a pretty darn good RICO case against the Biden family, where, uh, the, where the enterprise, because you have to have an enterprise, is the Biden family. Their job is to monetize his public office, which they do for big money three times when he's vice president. You got three other situations when he was a senator for lesser money. That's, all, that, you know, that's more than you have in most RICO cases, so, more money than most RICO cases, and it's been used— and I was the first one to use it against white-collar crime and political corruption. So I had Peter Schweizer on, who's done an awful lot of, of oh. this legwork. He's great. Um, I and what they've done to him. Yeah, I know. And he said something to me that, is, uh, that puts us on the path of Ukraine if something doesn't change. And I want to go there and talk to you about that in just a second. Sure. Rudy Giuliani joins us from our studios in New York City. More with him in just a second. Stand by. All right, let's talk about... Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's talk about securing your future against uncertainty. I know I always advise you to be careful and wise with your fiscal house. Do your own homework. Make sure that the things you're going to invest in are the right things for you and your family. And putting a portion of your portfolio in gold is the right move for you, as it is for many people. Goldline is the group that I urge you to call. Goldline is knocking it out of the park again with enhanced expedited uh, enrollment of their accumulation program. It's a simple three-step process. You sign up online today. In less than five minutes, Goldline can begin helping you determine the best way to secure your future against uncertainty. And trust me, our special is tomorrow on the coronavirus. The virus is bad enough. To me, the economic ramifications, especially on this election, are terrifying. It is going to affect you. Please diversify. Consider gold. Call them now at Goldline. 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. They are waiting for you now. Goldline.com. 866-GOLDLINE. Be prepared. 
Go to blazetv.com, use the promo code GLEN. You're going to save 10 bucks off your subscription. Glenn's special on coronavirus or COVID-19 is coming up tomorrow. Rudy Giuliani joins us from our New York studios. He is releasing a podcast episode on Wednesday where he looks into the prosecutor's file and releases a new bombshell document. Uh, and uh, he's talked a little bit about this. We, I want to, I want to ask you: Are we looking into China as well? And when I say we, is the Justice Department doing anything on China? Not that I know of, Glenn. No, I wouldn't, you know, I can't, I don't know all their investigations, but I am close to some of the people that would normally be called. They are not, as far as I know, looking at China, nor are they looking at Iraq. And both of those, there's probable cause to believe a crime was committed and a crime eerily similar to what was done in Ukraine. I mean, among other things, as a prosecutor, I'd look into those crimes. I told you possibility of a RICO case, mm-hmm. but also as prior similar acts, because and particularly the Iraq situation. You know, it's one thing to say I didn't know my my son was involved in this and making all these millions. Yeah, but just a few years earlier, you didn't know your brother did right. the same thing. For half a and billion. a few years before that, your other brother did the same thing. So and you didn't know you didn't know about the Ponzi scheme that went on in their paradigm uh, uh, company. And you didn't know about I might go on with about eight of these. So so here's the thing. Peter Schweitzer, who's who's done research for, oh, gosh, a good part of a decade just on the Bidens alone. um, he, He I was talking to him last week, I think Friday. And I said, you know, Peter, why won't they investigate this? And he said. It's because, Glenn, there, in his opinion, there are too many Republicans and too many people involved in Congress. They don't want to open this bag of worms. Uh, They're all dirty to some to some extent. None like the Bidens, but they're still dirty. Do you believe that's true? And isn't that what the Justice Department is supposed to do? I don't know the facts that Peter knows, so you can ask me to deal with a hunch. Mm-hmm. I have found great reluctance on the part of the Senate to go near this. It's almost like a... I know. Uh, it's like a cone of silence. <laughs> like, oh my God. But, you know, I, I, I thought maybe it was senatorial privilege or... But, you know, senators don't get to commit uh, bribes at the highest level of government. Right. And uh, vice presidents certainly don't do that. Agnew didn't get away. Agnew took like $10,000. This guy took, you know, $14 million. You can't let him get away with it. There's also an issue here of national security. Uh, It is true that a corrupt Ukraine is not very useful to us as a bulwark against Russia. And all these phony Democrats talk about, oh, we didn't want to support Ukraine and Ukraine is a bulwark against Russia, and they've been corrupting it for 11 years. A corrupt Ukraine is useless. A solid Ukraine, where when you give them 
One of the things I'm going to reveal, just one small example, is $4 million was given to improve part of the criminal justice system. $2 million never got there. It went to an Italian NGO. Uh, There's a a report that's going to be brought out that shows how how, how their money was diverted so that if we give them $400 million, we're not sure that any more than about $200 million gets to what it's supposed to be used for. Rudy, I don't think that there is anything that the president can do that is more important than getting the Justice Department, the Intel, the State Department cleaned up. Because if, if we don't clean this up, I am a I'm a law and order guy. I'm I red, white and blue. I love the FBI and everything. And even I am stepping back from the FBI and the Justice Department and saying, I don't know. I don't know if if this is clean or dirty or what. We's got to clean this up or we don't have have any trusted institutions. And this is the only president I think that will do it there. there, There's a, um, a statement on tape of one witness that I interviewed who's an expert on this. And he said he says, quote, President Trump is the first American president to raise this unaccountability of money, this waste of money, this theft of money in Ukraine involving Americans. We always blamed it just on Ukraine, Ukraine. You stop your corruption. Mm-hmm. Imagine Biden going there and telling them, mm-hmm. stop your corruption. And they all look at him and say, mm-hmm. yeah, I, a good way to stop it is get your kid out of here. Mm-hmm. That would stop it. How about, the, how about getting rid of the no-show job for millions for your kid? That might cut down on the corruption, Joe. I knew, so I, you, can't, you can't be a phony. You can't be a phony and exhort other people to stop being corrupt when you're putting money in your pocket. Rudy Giuliani, I know you got to run. Thank you so much. Please say hello to, our, uh, to the president. Give him our best. Um, I will. And uh, we'll talk to you again and thank soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank God you bless. too. Rudy Giuliani. Um, I, I have to tell you, there is, when you talk to Rudy Giuliani, there's, there's John Solomon, Peter Schweizer, Rudy Giuliani. They have the documents. They know the story. And when you sit down and talk to them, you know, there's a lot of people that you'll talk to and they get a little squishy here and there. There is never any doubt in my mind when it comes to the Ukraine documents and what he knows on this. The same with all the people that are being discredited. It, it, there's just this sense of, oh, no, no, don't, don't trust me. No, here, here's the document. No, no, go ahead. Look for yourself. Here, I have them on tape. Here, here's this, this, and this. There's no one that is debunking this that is doing the same thing. They're just name-calling, dismissing, smearing, or confusing. No one's saying, no, you know what? Let me sit down. I'll explain it to you. See, here's the, here's the chart. Here's how this went. Nobody's doing that. I'm uh, You've done so much on this already, and I've certainly possible that I forgot about it, but did we know that Joe Biden was being investigated no, directly? No. no. We no, did not no. know that. We he did just kind of that. threw that in mid-sentence in the middle yeah. of the interview with no. Yeah. I think that's one we need to follow up on. Yeah, I think so bit. too. I'm just curious. Being, being investigated. Um, by Ukraine. By right? Ukraine. By Ukraine. For a payment right. of some sort. Yeah. I have not. For consulting. 
Well, look, you got to consult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you do. I of mean, course you do. You know, consultation. I, I would is find always... that astounding. That would show how ballsy he's getting, mm-hmm. to where he could just say, "Yeah, just pay me directly." I, I mean, I'd like to see the paperwork on on that one. All right, um, we're going to continue to follow this story, and we'll have updates as they happen. I'm. I'm praying, and you should be too, praying that we actually are making progress in Washington behind the scenes, because I mean what I said. I, you know, if we don't fix this, I don't know what kind of country we, well, I do. We have Mexico or we have Ukraine. And what's always made us the best is that we have been a country that generally had a rule of law. And once we totally lose the rule of law, there's nothing left. I also want to talk to you a little bit about um, something that happened in Plymouth, Massachusetts that is really disturbing. Uh, Plymouth Rock has been defaced this weekend. We'll give you that coming up in a second. Haven lives in Texas, and she takes relief factor for her shoulder and lower back pain. Her husband started having severe pain in his upper back and his hip, and she convinced him to try him. Well, Like me, her husband was skeptical until he couldn't anymore. He kept telling her and himself, it's not working, honey. Day after day, he would take it because she would lay it out and he'd take it just to make her happy. I've been there. But day after day, he'd say, honey, that's not making any difference. Until the day it ran out and he stopped taking it. That's when he realized the pain had slowly been fading away over time. He just hadn't been paying attention. And when it came back, it came back with a vengeance, which means he's on relief factor again. In Haven's own words, it just works. It just does. When taken properly, relief factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain. 70% of the people who take it go on to buy more, and it only costs nineteen ninety five to start their three-week quick start trial. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hey, today, 727-BECK. We're just talking about um, uh, Donald Trump and Rudy and I were talking offline. And he said, you know, I I helped write some of Reagan's speeches and I was a, you know, a Reagan guy. And he said, I think Donald Trump is a much better president than I expected. And uh, he said, I think he's starting to rival Reagan. Um, And in some ways... I mean, I've always that always has bothered me, but in some ways, I think he's right in the way of Reagan saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Reagan went against the State Department, his advisors, his speechwriters, his chief of staff over and over and over and over again. Before he walked on that podium uh, at the Brandenburg Gate, the secretary of state looked at him and said, Mr. President, do not put that line in that will cause all kinds of problems he's a i don't know 
It wasn't in the speech. They removed it against his <laughs> wishes. He said it anyway. And and look what happened. And I think that in the same way of the bold, I don't care what you're advising me to do. You know, one of the things that I've talked about it before, George Bush saying, hey, whoever sits behind this desk, they're going to make the same kind of decisions, same advice and same advisors. What Donald Trump has done is shown that that is Washington wisdom, not necessarily true. So in other words, for 70, 80 years, we've been told, oh, man, you recognize Jerusalem as the capital. It'll be Armageddon. Nope, wasn't. You move the embassy, Armageddon. Nope, wasn't. You go after and you hit somebody like Soleimani and you take him out. Oh, World War Three. Nope, wasn't. If you don't, on the other hand, if you don't react to the Saudi oil fields and you're not tough on that, if you just let them get away with it, nope. I mean, he's breaking all of the traditions and some of the things that um, are lies, and we've known they're lies, you know, how much, how long do we have to try this State Department, uh, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, hey, let's get involved in everybody's business. How long do we have to do that? It's been 100 years. Look what it's brought us. And to me, I think that will be his biggest, could be his biggest accomplishment. I mean, yeah, I think that the Jerusalem thing is a really good example of of, of a Reagan esque sort of activity, right? Like, I, I mean, and Reagan obviously didn't even do that, right? He <laughs> he didn't do that, um, but Trump did, and despite it being promised by several presidents in a row, I mean, it, it, yeah, the and they were that, all advised by the same yeah. people, and Trump just doesn't do it. He just doesn't care between yeah. that and you know, I hate the way he has done it. But he is such a hammer. He's not a bull in a china shop. He is a bull with hammers on taped to each foot who's been airdropped into a china shop. <laughs> he, he breaks everything. And the way he's done it with the press, I don't think, I'm not sure that the press would have been exposed the way it is now, not because of him. But because he points to them, they hate him so much. They do anything and everything, which is just discrediting them. They have no credibility left. And it's not because of him and what he's said about them. It's about what they say and do about him. That proves him right. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not like it, it's... It's because of who he is that the press has discredited itself. The press has destroyed itself. I think that's true. I mean, they, because they hate him so much. Abnormally obsessed with him. I think right. they've hated all these Republican presidents. They hated oh, no. Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I don't. I don't think not the like difference. This. I don't think the difference isn't necessarily level of hate. It's level of obsession. They are completely <laughs> obsessed with everything. Yeah, I think that's he probably does. fair. And it's, and, a dis- and it's not much of a distinction, level of but it's a uh, obsession of destroying him. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they got to destroy they, him. Exactly. I mean, they said lots of bad things. They called George W. Bush a terrorist. I know. Think of what, what kind of accusation that is for the president who's the president on September 11th. That's not right. a minor thing to say right. about somebody. And you know um, what? But he, they could have continued to do that if you have Mr. Nice Guy. But this guy has finally said, I don't care about what you call me. I don't care because I'll call you words. And that's not, that's the baby <laughs> way, in my opinion, that's not the way I want to behave. But because it is happening, it's lessened all of the effect. It has a unique effect. I mean, it's it that, does. we are in the middle of so many interesting experiments right now. Oh my gosh. Because, not, you know, first of all, you have Trump who came out of, you know, from basically from a celebrity businessman sort of world into the presidency. And you have kind of a, another experiment that's never before been seen or tried before, which is Bloomberg right now, which is a really fascinating thing to watch if you just care about history and, and politics. And c- can someone spend, I mean, he spent $400 million on ads already. That does not include staffing and organization, which he's paying double and triple. Almost what anyone else is paying. $30,000 field organizer jobs, he's paying eighty five. You know, so all of the good ones are going to him, of course, because guess what? The market actually works. Um, and he's crazy. He's he's pushing himself into a, a position where he's in second place nationally. And he is it's never been seen. He's buying the election. Everything you know, I, that they say. I know. I love that because that's what yeah. they always say. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, look, he's got the money to do but it. Who, okay, who that's has fine. he? Who has he? What name? One vote he's purchased. No, no, no. He's None. just flooded the yeah. airwaves. He's doing everything they say they're against. But again, each person that answers those poll questions has to know, individually make a decision and has never I been know, paid by Michael Bloomberg, with the exception of all the field organizers. I'm just <laughs> those I'm people have been that's paid what, by. I'm saying that's yeah. what they have always said yeah. about the Republicans. And they themselves, the Grinch, are carving the roast beast. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Um, have a great uh, hour for you. There's a new study out that shows that uh, conservatives actually are targeted. <laughs> what? No way. Yeah. Yeah. Stunning. True. Stunning. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Also, a new poll out today. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, 19% in the poll. Uh-huh. Uh, that has Bernie Sanders at 31 leads, uh, but that puts Bloomberg in second and qualifies him for the next debate, which is tomorrow night. So he will have a chance... Uh, and I, when I say they're he has a chance, come, they're going to come after him, after him hard, uh, you know, because he's been completely immune to attacks. He hasn't had to be on the debate stage. People are like, oh, they changed the debate stage, you know, qualifications seconds. to allow him in the debates. That's wrong. He doesn't want to be in the debates. The easiest thing in the world for him to, to do is just avoid all of this. There's, he the, doesn't the, need the It's debates. the unnamed Democrat that is number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time they're, they're in a shoe store, they keep trying the shoes on and they all hurt their feet. So it's that perfect shoe that they haven't tried on, nor really know much about that they really like. The one that they've just seen the advertising for. Now they got to try it on. And uh, you ain't going to like the fit of that shoe. (laughs) All right. Last hour of the program coming up next.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. So are conservatives targeted? Come on. Of course, we all know this. But nobody in the press wants to recognize that. Well, there's a new study out. Who's targeted? We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. As your phone falls twirling towards the sidewalk, everything slows down. And you see your entire life flashing before your eyes. I haven't had it that long. There's so much to see. It's not like you're wondering if it's going to break. You didn't buy the case, after all. Protecting your devices on the outside, no-brainer. But why wouldn't you buy a case for what's on the inside? Cyber criminals love to watch your activity and steal your information. And when you're using an unsecured network, why give them the pleasure? With Norton 360, you have layers of protection. Uh, layers of protection, including real-time device security, a secure VPN that has bank-grade encryption and keeps things like logins and passwords more secure. They even have a password manager that easily and securely creates stores and manages all your passwords and the credit card information and other credentials. Protect your devices and the inside as well as the outside. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is the toolbox for your cyber safety. And until March 8th, you can get up to 60% off your first year with the annual subscription. It's Norton.com slash Beck. That's Norton.com slash Beck for up to 60% off. Norton.com slash Beck. Well, it looks like um, it looks like there was more dialogue, greater respect for faculty free speech rights, and increased tolerance on both the right and the left. Until you look at a new a new piece of evidence, three professors at the University of North Carolina surver- surveyed undergraduates to get a sense of campus and the climate. Rather than focus on discrete controversies, such as the time in 2015 when student protesters uh, seized control of a room where journalists was speaking, or in 2019 when a UNC student assaulted a sign-carrying anti-abortion activist, they thought to understand the day-to-day undergraduate experience. The results of the survey, distilled from more than a 1,000 responses to email questionnaires, cannot be applied to every college in America, but the findings do illuminate what's happening at a highly selective public institution in a swing state where 20,000 undergraduates are enrolled. Now listen to this. Good news is, in classes where politics comes up, large majorities of self, uh, self-identified, uh, self-identified liberal and conservative students say that instructors encourage participation from both sides and want to learn from different perspectives, suggesting that concerns about faculty indoctrination efforts are unfounded. <laughs> Excuse me, I've got some <clears throat> bullcrap in my throat. Uh, students reported they worry less about censure from faculty than they do from peers, which brings us to the bad news. 
While majorities favor more viewpoint diversity and favor free speech norms, an intolerant faction of roughly a quarter of students believe it is okay to silence or suppress some widely held views that they deem wrong. Students across political perspectives engage in classroom self-censorship. Students harbor divisive stereotypes about classmates with different beliefs, and a substantial minority are not open to engaging socially with classmates who don't share their views. Disparaging comments about political conservatives are common. So here's what they found. 25.5% of survey respondents said it would be appropriate to create an obstruction such as a campus speaker endorsing the idea that uh, they could not address an audience. This authoritarian view was held by 19% of self-identifying liberals, 3% of moderates, and 3% of conservatives. Even split there. Bipartisan. More than 3% of liberals and 1% of conservatives thought it would be appropriate to yell yell profanity at a student for endorsing an objectionable idea. Also troubling were the undergraduates who reported having kept an opinion to themselves in a classroom, even though the opinion was related to the class because they were worried about the potential consequences of expressing it. Almost 68% of conservatives censored themselves in this way, along with roughly 49% of moderates and 24% of liberals. So I want you to understand what this means. What you're feeling is true. What you live through in your daily life is real. It's not just you. How many times do you hear somebody who has a crazy liberal view that's just out spouting it like, yeah, of course, everybody believes this. And you don't say anything or no one in the room says anything. And so you feel as though maybe that's the popular viewpoint. This survey shows it's only held by about 24%. Now, remember, it was less than 30%. I think it was less than 20% that won the Revolutionary War. It only takes a small, it takes a tipping point of 18%. If that 18% is truly dedicated, they can change the world. They are. They are. Also troubling were the undergraduates who reported having kept an opinion to themselves in a classroom, even though the opinion was related to the class because they were worried about the potential consequences of expressing it. Almost 70% of conservatives censored themselves in this way, along with 49% of the moderates and 24% of the liberals. Think of that. You have 70% of conservatives, 50% of people who say I'm in the middle. And we're all bowing to 24% of liberals. Expressing unpopular views can reveal critical blind spots in prevailing thought patterns, the authors of the report note. Even when, uh, even when a view is wrong, it allows both parties to better apprehend what the correct view 
must be. A substantial portion of the respondents fear social sanction or even outright grading penalties for sharing their views. Among students who self-identify as liberals, some 10% say they hear disrespectful, inappropriate, and offensive comments about foreign students at least several times a semester. 14% say they hear disparaging comments about Muslims. 20% say they hear such comments about African Americans. 20 say they hear comments about Christians. 21 hear comments about LGBTQ individuals. And 57% of self-identified liberals say they heard such comments about conservatives. 57%. Among moderates, 68% say they hear disrespectful, inappropriate, or offensive comments about conservatives at least several times a semester. Uh, Out conservatives may uh, face social isolation. Roughly 92% of conservatives say they would be friends with a liberal. You friends with liberals, Stu? Sure. Right? Yeah. I have friends who literally are communists. Well, not communists, but they like Karl Marx. They, <laughs> they'd make sweet, tender love to Karl Marx. They just don't want to shoot anybody in the head to get there. But they believe all of that crap. We're great friends. I've got several great friends. What, what, what is the problem? Yeah, you know, that's not a requirement of being friends with someone. Right. That you agree with them on every single political right. issue. Right, right. They oh. might be idiots. And you might, yeah, everyone's got an idiot friend, you know? Ah, these guys aren't idiots. I just mm. think they're ill-informed. I think they're ill-informed. And, uh, you know, God that's bless a mean, them. What a mean thing to say about a friend yeah. on the air, too. Among liberals, almost a quarter say they would not have a conservative friend. 25%. They would not have... Now, did you hear the story we gave you last week? I gave you a story from... It was on Medium. And it was from a Dr. Carolyn Borsenko. Uh, anonymous Democrat uh, of two decades. She's an organizational psychologist and a compulsive knitter. You might remember the story just because it went deep into the knitting world. Who knew there was a knitting, like, society out there? But there is, and they're online on Instagram. And apparently, about 10% of the knitters are these kinds of destructive liberals. And they were, as she said, they were going after the giants of the knitting world. I didn't know there were giants in the knitting Oh, yeah. Huge. I watch the knitting show every year right after, really? Super, right after the Super Bowl. Right, Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I watched it. It's it's the world champion. The world championship of, of knitting, knitting yeah. and other anyway, related So she point. was a, she she still is. She's probably going to, who did she say she was going to vote for? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was Donald Trump. No, no. But she went. She went to Buttigieg is who she voted yeah, for. Yeah, she was going to go to, yeah. yeah. In the primary, mm-hmm. she was going to Buttigieg. So she's not changing her political stripes. She just can't take it anymore. And she went to a, uh, a Donald Trump rally in New Hampshire because she wanted to uh, she wanted to go see what Donald Trump and his supporters were really like. And she said, I've opened myself up to start meeting more conservatives. And she said, they're nothing like the left. Nothing. They're not haters. They're not trying to squash people. She said, of course, there are some. She said, but there is this movement that is just 
killing the Democrats inside the Democrat. So she said, uh, I used to consider anyone who voted for Donald Trump a racist. I thought they were horrible and, yes, even deplorable and worked very hard to eliminate their voices from my uh, from my space. Um, She said she finally went to uh, Trump and the Trump rally. She said it was four hours before he was set to take the stage and the line already stretched a mile from the entrance to the arena. As I waited, I chatted with the folks around me and contrary to all the fears expressed, everyone was so nice. I was not harassed. I was not intimidated and I was never in fear of my safety, even for a moment. These were average everyday people. They were veterans, school teachers, small business owners who have come from all over the place for the thrill of attending this rally. They were upbeat and excited in chatting. I even let it slip out that I was a Democrat. The reaction was, good for you. Welcome. Once I got inside, the atmosphere was jubilant. It was more like attending a rock concert than a political rally. She says that she now, over the last few days, she said she sees the left in a whole new way. She's been dealing with this like celebrity status now, and she says not all of the attention has been positive. She tweeted Sunday that she had to turn off the reviews on my Facebook page because people I've never spoken to and never certainly work with uh, don't like that I wrote an article that says Trump supporters are not Nazis. She said, I'm thinking about doing a follow-up about experiences of Trump supporters who have been excommunicated from their family, their friends, their social circles, just because they support him. I, I, I want to get her on the air. I love this one. I think she is so brave. And I like the fact that she's not changing. She's like, I'm still, I'm still going to vote for Pete Buttigieg. I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. I don't need you to change your vote. This is, this is what has to happen in America. We don't all have to agree on the president, who the president is, or whatever. We just have to stop dehumanizing each other. We have to start seeing people as people. And, and all that's required is just to talk to one another. And that's why that 25% shuts you up. That's why that 25% has to use the fist, has to shout and shove because they know if we talk to one another, well, then we realize that we're not all that different. We just disagree on a few things, and we become the people and the America that we have always been. So I want to talk to you a little bit about my dog, Uno. Um, He is, I think, the most stubborn dog in the world when it came to eating. Uh, He, and I'm not making this up, This last Christmas, we all had to take turns feeding Uno. And so we were all kind of trapped in our cabin and it was snowy outside. And so it's like, your turn to feed the dog. I don't want to feed the dog. I mean, mom, dad, all of us. Because feeding Uno requires you to stand at the bowl, convince him that it's it's like playing airplanes. It's like, here comes a little airplane. It's almost that with Uno. And he has never liked to eat. And we were just, we were at the end of our rope. Because if you move, honestly, you'd have to go into the laundry room, close the door, just you and the dog. You'd have to talk him into eating. Sometimes you'd actually have to start him eating just, you know, by putting it in your hand. He'd take a couple of bites. He'd drop it on the floor. Then he'd look up. 
And then you look down on the floor and you'd be like, ah, it's yummy. Come on, let's eat. Oh, every time we'd go to the vet, he was 95 pounds. He would be 90 pounds. He'd be 85. You got to feed the dog. We know we're feeding him. He doesn't like to eat. That's when we found finally um, something called uh, Rough Greens by Vitasmart. Rough Greens is not a food. It is like crack for dogs. Okay. And believe it or not, it just has all of the enzymes and the uh, probiotics and everything that your dog food cooks out. They need live food just like you do. And you need some of those good, uh, you know, good bacteria. That's what this is. It's a it's a zipped bag and sealed very small uh, and it will keep just as long as you, you know, you need to uh, be able to scoop it into your dog's bowl you put it on top of their food, and they eat it, and they love it. Uno is now officially 105 pounds. He's been eating this for about a month, maybe a month and a half. I can't kid him. I swear to you, he was a, he's a guard dog, okay? He's, he is trained, yes, to rip your throat out. But as we, as we were, I was feeding him the other day. And the doorbell rang, which drives me nuts, because when the doorbell rang, he barks forever. The doorbell rang, and he looked at me and looked at the food and then kind of looked at the hallway and then looked at the food and looked at me, and I'm like, I know, tough choice. You're going to eat, or are you going to do your dog, your dog job? He ate. It's rough greens. It's great for them. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN-33. You can order on the phone, 833-GLEN-33. It's not a dog food, it's a supplement. Uh, Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Go there, get it for your dog, do it today. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, she's on you. Oh, good. We have the author of that. Uh, we have the author of that um, uh, that medium article on with us tomorrow around this time, so uh, you don't want to miss that. I want to talk to you about the uh, Virginia lawmakers and uh, the the gun ban. It looks like uh, the sheriffs are saying, "Well, we don't care what you do." Although they, the, the Virginia one, they doesn't look like it's going to go through. I mean, they. they... Democrats even stepped up against it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 10 to 5, I think it fell. Yeah, it's, it's mm. remarkable what's happening there. Um, I want to also bring you up to speed on something that happened this weekend in Plymouth, Mass. It is the 400th anniversary of uh, the, the Pilgrims coming. And the Pilgrims were the first ones to make the covenant. And they made a covenant that they would be here for God and they would live a righteous life and... They had the longest-running peace treaties with the Native Americans. It's everything that 1619 in the New York Times is lying about. Um, they, they were exceptional people, and that is where our country came from and not Jamestown. Well, over the weekend, somebody defaced Plymouth Rock um, and painted spray-painted profanity all over it. Um, and then they went up to the Monument of the Covenant— which is this awesome on monument most people have never even heard of uh, that was made for made during the Civil War uh, 
Abraham Lincoln actually wrote a private check to help build this thing. It's unbelievable. It really tells the story of America. That whole thing was defaced. Um, the covenant is under attack in so many different ways. Please, I urge you to join us on July 4th weekend in Gettysburg. We're doing Restoring the Covenant, which we'll tell you more about it. Um, Restoring the Covenant in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, the weekend of July 4th. It's the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. If you want more information and you want to make reservations and you know bring your family, we have tenting sites, RV sites. You can go in a hotel. You can go in a five-star hotel. Um, you, there's one thing that we're doing. I mean, you're going to get so sick of me. You're going to be with me. There are only 200 people that can do this. Me, Stu, David Barton, Tim Ballard, and historians. And we're taking you from Plymouth to Boston to New York to Philadelphia to uh, Gettysburg. It's all inclusive. You're not going to, you're never going to have to open your wallet for a week. It's really going to be an amazing uh, trip through history. And that'll lead us right to Gettysburg for July 4th, where you can just show up with your family on July 4th and just watch the fireworks. Uh, it's going to be great. Don't miss it. Check it out at glenbeck.com. Restoring the Covenant. Go there, find out the information, and uh, reserve your space right now. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So Harold lives in Massachusetts, and, and he was in a pretty bad place with his back some time ago, and he would go to bed at night and have awful back spasms that would keep him up writhing in pain. He didn't know what to do, noting that uh, nothing really would ever help him. Then one day, he's listening to the radio, and he heard some very handsome man talk about uh, relief factor. And he thought, man, I wish I had hair like that guy. <laughs> and I know it happens. Anyway, uh, after three weeks, he decided to give it a try. After three weeks, his back pain was almost completely gone. In fact, he says it was gone almost entirely in two weeks. Harold finds that the only thing he has to be careful about now is not overdoing it when he moves around and lifts things because his back feels brand new and thanks to Relief Factor. When taken properly, Relief Factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain. 70% of the people who take it go on to buy more and it only costs $19.95 to start a three-week quick trial. So do it now. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Subscribe on YouTube and podcast to this show and as well as uh, Stu Does America, available now. Subscribe for free and get every episode. This is the Glenn Beck Program tomorrow uh, on the Wednesday night special at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you will find that on uh, the Blaze TV live and on demand. Uh, you can find a, a live version of it only. There won't be any, uh, there won't be, it, it comes off of Facebook or uh, YouTube immediately after the live. Um, but you can watch it live there if you're wanting to share it with a friend. Um, or join us at Blaze TV. But it is on the coronavirus tomorrow. 
tomorrow night at 9 p.m. And quite honestly, uh, it's got a few of us a little freaked out. Um, I'm not freaked out by it. I am freaked out by what I think it's going to do to the economy if it doesn't turn around quickly. Uh, and we'll go into a little bit of that. But we're also going to show you video that um, has been verified best we can. And we're going to show you the difference between fact and fiction on this. Uh, but you will see actual footage from the hospitals, um, the number of body bags, uh, and what we believe is the burning of bodies outside of um, of the main city. That is is very disturbing. Now, let me give you just the facts on this real quick. It's the the COVID nineteen is is what the actual name is the coronavirus. Uh, it is now 73,435 that have been infected and are uh, under observation. The problem with that number is the White House said just a few days ago that that number is probably uh, at least 100,000 short. And that's when there were 40,000 people that were reported. So this number is probably in excess of, of uh, half a million or a quarter of a million people. There have been 1,875 deaths, so you know, um, in the 24-hour period since I updated this, uh, that's 100 higher than it was yesterday. Doctors are now looking and seeing what this is. What, what, you know, as we try to look and say, okay, who is this affecting? Numerous causes have been put forward as factors uh, that make it so dangerous for some patients. It seems from early data, and this all can change, but early data uh, is uh, what it has in common with other strains of coronavirus. The elderly are most likely to develop severe cases. Other studies of serious cases and deaths have identified smoking, history of heart disease, diabetes, and asthma as complicating factors. Still, other media reports have pointed out um, additional indicators. Gender of the victims, 60% are of the severe cases are men. Even more controversy um, surrounds the suggestion that the possibility the virus is somehow targeting certain races or ethnicities uh, for more serious infections than others. Now, these are comorbidity comor- factors. That's what they look for. What? What? are the combinations that make things much, much worse. And they're looking at things like smoking, um, uh, things that, things that you know, your, your uh, heart and respiratory, things that would make it easier for your lungs and your heart to shut down. There's one thing, however, that nobody is looking at, and... It is, I think, the number one indicator on whether or not you're going to survive. And it is communism. And I want you to just listen to this. Now, this can change, but I don't think it will. In China, over 20% of the cases that result in serious complications requiring intensive care and other uh, life-saving measures... The uh, 20% of those infected are intensive care. In the rest of the world, it is below 10%. In China, the case uh, uh, mortality rate is 2.5%. Outside of a communist country, it is below 1%. Now, 
it's early and you can say, well, that's we have more data. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. But let's let's look at the facts. Sixty eight percent are over the age of fifty five. Sixty two percent are male. Forty six percent are smokers or former smokers. Forty one percent were diabetic or had a history of heart disease. You look at the medical records and here's what you see. Here's what you don't see. Among the 1,800 deaths, 99.71% of the victims live under brutal communist dictatorship, and they died under the care of the Communist Party. This is what's called an N99 plus probability, meaning you're past correlation and into causation. What's causing this? Well, 99% are living under a communist regime. That might be. Now, how could a form of government be the deciding factor on how sick a patient is and whether or not it would turn deadly? Well, since you don't learn this in college anymore, let me help you out. Under communism, each person is a ward of the state, there to serve the interest of the state collective. If an individual needs to be sacrificed to serve the state, then that person can and should be sacrificed. The state is superior to the individual. This is why they're holding back so much information. They knew early in December, but the state took that doctor and jailed him. Under capitalism, each person is an individual sentient being who is a whole unto themselves, independent of and superior to any government. The state was created by them, and the state is a servant to them. The state's only reason to exist is to allow that person to live the destiny that they choose and to ensure no other person or identity deprives them of their right to live the way they see fit. China is the exact opposite. Under communism, each person is an inherent burden on the state because the state has to provide the care, the feeding, the medical treatment for all citizens. This creates an automatic, perverse incentive for the leadership. Every life saved is another mouth to feed, more burden on the government. Every dead victim removes that burden from the state. Under capitalism, we are, yes, another taxpayer, but we're also another inventor, another, another consumer that contributes to society to the degree that they see fit and reaps the rewards inherent to the contribution. Each person and each company has an incentive to see that every other person lives a long and healthy and prosperous life. Under communism, the goal of is the continue out uh, the the um the continuity uh, how do you say that word i can never say it the continuity continuity thank you the continuity <laughs> of the state at all costs no matter what story must be told and who must be sacrificed this is why we have um the doctors now being jailed the guy who who you will see on a video came out and said uh i need a hundred body bags a day at my hospital and it's been going on for 35 days. Well, already there, it's double, double the numbers in one hospital, and it's a rural hospital. Where is that guy today? He's in jail. Most likely, we will not hear from him again. 
Under communism, the goal of medical research and treatments is to help make the Central Committee and the Politburo look good and stay in power. This is why President Z is now making a tour of non-hot spots, saying everything is, everything is great and, and we're on top of it. He's making the tour of all the non-hot spots, trying to tell the rest of China it's okay to go to work when it may not be okay to go to work. We have a system that gravitates towards life because every individual matters. That's why when Bloomberg says what he said about the elderly, we have that, Sarah, play that audio, when he said this about the elderly, about how if you have cancer and you're old, well, kind of tough luck, Grandma. All of these costs keep going up. Nobody wants to pay any more money. And at the rate we're going, health care is going to bankrupt us. So not only do we have a problem, it's going to bankrupt us. And we've got to sit here and say which things we're going to do and which things we're not. Nobody wants to do that. You know, you show up with prostate cancer and you're 95 years old, we should say, go and enjoy, have a nice cream, lead a long life. There's no cure and you can't do anything. If you're a young person, we should do something about it. Society's not willing to do that yet. Yeah, we're not willing to do that yet. We're not willing to say, hey, we need those resources elsewhere so you don't get any. If you live in rural Oklahoma and you have a, just a, a country hospital, you're going to have a hard time getting care in that country hospital if COVID-19 hits us here like it did in China. It's just a fact. Don't you have the right to have the same kind of care? Don't you have the right as an individual to be treated like everyone else? Here, the answer is yes. And everyone will strive to make sure that that happens. It's, it can't. It won't. Just because, of the, just because of the distribution system, supply lines, and number of people. It just won't. But here's what's different. There won't be a central body that says those people live, those people die. Because the farmer is as worth as much as, quite honestly, the homeless guy or the CEO. In America, that's the way it is. 99.71% of the victims of COVID-19 died under the care of communism. That is the number one comorbidity morbidity factor turning COVID-19 into a deadly pandemic. Communism. And let's not forget, currently, the leading candidate for the Democratic Party is a guy who has always loved communism. Look, I, I, want, to, I want you to know I love Walmart greeters, gas station attendees, part-time funeral home directors as much as the next guy, but I wouldn't want them selling my house. You know, it's just like, 
hey, yeah, I'm, you know, you know, you should have your loved one embalmed by uh, my cousin. He's doing it part time. No, you know, I think I'm going to I'm going to get the guys doing that full time. Thank you. No, seriously. He's a part time dentist. He's really good. No, no. I think I'm going to have my root canal done by somebody who does this for a living and has some experience. Why is it when it comes to selling our home? We just let that fall through the cracks. We're like, oh, really? You got a cousin? Hey, does anybody have a cousin who really doesn't have any kind of future at all? And so try to do this on the side to make some extra cash. Can you come on over and help me with my biggest investment? (laughs) Realestateagentsitrust.com, a company we founded to help people just like you get through the complicated home buying and selling process with the best possible outcomes. Our Our agents don't do it part-time. Our agents have been tested. They have the best practices in real estate. They are the ones all across the country that have the best results in their back pocket. They actually have a plan. With real estate agents, I trust. We're not going to recommend somebody to you that, uh, you know, that we're just like grabbing out of a phone book. We want to make sure we have the best in your area. Somebody who has the best track record, who is dedicated to following through all the way to ensure that you're getting the best real estate experience possible. If we don't have an agent in your area, we're not going to recommend one. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. This this opioid crisis in America is just flying under the radar and uh it is it is really bad. And I think it's Franklin County, uh Ohio. They're they're talking now about opening a second morgue because of the spike in fentanyl and and synthetic uh, opioid overdose. It's there is <laughs> There's something, you know, we, we took on, you know, crack in the inner city and you just don't hear about taking this on the way it should be. We'll talk about that maybe more tomorrow. The, if you ever seen the charts on that, it's one of the most incredible things. We, we, this is back in the patent, the stu, patent stew days. We did a chart. We used to do this game with Jeffy where we, we would do, we would put charts up on the board and make him predict where they went. And of course he had absolutely no idea. Yeah. I mean, he just, he, right. doesn't know, he doesn't even, I mean, he doesn't know any numbers above 18. So no, it's really I, hard for him I to know. predict the results. Um, but uh, there was a chart that we did with opioids and we showed where the crack epidemic was. Yeah. Comparing that to uh, it's nothing, it's nothing. It's Everest compared to a hill in your backyard. Yeah. It's incredible how bad this has been. Uh, and you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to have that the urgency of that. No. Why? Crisis. I don't know. Why? I mean, obviously, they, they're doing some things for it. And, you know, I know uh, Trump has uh, tried to step up and spend a bunch of money on that. And I mean, whether that stuff works, we don't know. Um, but it, it's a it, it was it, it doesn't seem to have the attention, maybe because it's more suburban. It's not as focused in the areas where the media is. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's some weird dynamic to it where it does seem to be pushed sort of in the background for what a gigantic problem it is yeah maybe 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 because it's in an, in the inner cities crack was and everybody could see it and this is just 
you know, affecting them farmers oh, yeah. and those people That's out in the right. middle of the country that don't know how to dial a telephone. <laughs> uh, in case you didn't hear the latest from uh, Michael Bloomberg, um, here he is talking about how easy it is to be a farmer and a metal, a metal worker. Listen. Anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you had 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we right. created a lot of jobs. Now he's saying that, but today's world, if you're going to work with computers, you need to be able to analyze and think. Oh, farmers don't have to think? Hey, Glenn. 